Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Hello, and a welcome to episode number 102 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I really appreciate you listening in. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Google or Apple Podcasts, and thank you for your support. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. If you're a parent of a teenager, check out That's a Thing, a sometimes belated, already outdated guide to your teens, tweens, and under-twenties, where Elizabeth teen-splains her media to her mom, Karen. Have a listen. Hello and welcome to That's a Thing, a sometimes belated, already outdated guide to your teens, tweens, and everything under 20. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Karen. Every month we have a conversation across the generation gap about media, pop culture, society, the internet, that kind of thing. Karen is my mom, and she's old. (laughs) I am her daughter, and I am young. Together we are one human being, here to share with you. Sometimes we bring in another human being who's Elizabeth's brother, John, to do a deep dive into memes and stuff like that. Hi. Thank you, John. Uh, We were named the Outstanding Kids and Family Series at the 2020 Canadian Podcast Awards. So is that going for us? Yes, and we will brag about it until the day the podcast ends because I am petty. (laughs) You can find That's a Thing in the podcatcher of your choice. That is That's a Thing question mark exclamation point you can also find us at albertapodcastnetwork.com is that everything i think that's it thanks sweetheart bye please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to that's a thing and all the other great shows that are a part of the network while many of our favorite barbecue joints have remained open for takeout and delivery It is great to see that some here in Calgary and Alberta and elsewhere are starting to reopen for dine-in service with reduced capacity. I also want to applaud those that have opted not to reopen just yet, instead waiting until they can do so in a manner that is safe for their employees and customers, and also in a way that makes financial sense. If you're comfortable and able, please do what you can to support them. If you're here in Alberta, you can visit www.albertabbqtrail.ca for a listing of the Alberta barbecue joints here that are open and what they are offering. Calgary's Terry Andrio has been using his professional and social media voice to connect folks in Alberta with the people who grow, make, and produce the things we eat and the beverages we drink. He has an interesting story, and I really look forward to sitting down face-to-face with him soon to continue our discussion. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And uh, again, out of the the basement studio here via Zoom, I've got uh, Terry Andrio. Terry, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for doing this. Uh, Let's start out with a little bit of, uh, I guess, bio background info about yourself. Uh, What can you tell folks? Well, I think I could start with, uh, I'm a farm kid who grew up in Manitoba, so I'm a bit of a transplant in Alberta, but I've been here for now 13 years and thoroughly enjoy it. Our four kids love Alberta. Yeah, Certainly uh, become a, a fixture in the rural lifestyle that exists. Even back in Manitoba, you know, living a rural lifestyle is incredible, and uh, it's it's good. We love it. We absolutely love Alberta and uh, consider ourselves Albertans now. Yes. Now, where in Manitoba are you from? North of the city of Winnipeg, an area called Lockport or the St. Andrews area. No, you're, you're talking to a Winnipegger here. Oh, okay. So I, I, <laughs> I didn't know that, Ryan. Absolutely. 
So yeah, we grew up in the Lockport area. If you know where the St. Andrews Airport is, mm-hmm. we lived directly north of it by about two miles. The entire homestead where our grandparents lived and my brother still lives on right now. Oh, wonderful. So everybody kind of from that area. Yeah. I worked at Skinner's when I was like 14 years old. <laughs> I was about to say Skinner, Skinner's hot dogs, footlongs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my friends still own Skinner's. Oh, right on. So we uh, talk, talk uh, annually, but... Uh, haven't been back to Manitoba for a few years now, so yeah. But uh, I'm sure things haven't changed dramatically. Well, and that's uh, I was talking to a fellow last night, and he asked what what brought me out here, and I've now, uh, as of this weekend, I've uh, been in Alberta as long as I was in Manitoba or in Winnipeg. Oh, good. Uh, so it's so 24. Part of Winnipeg. Did you grow up in Winnipeg? Right? Yeah, Saint Boniface, Saint Fatal. Okay. Yeah, no, it's very well. My, yeah. my mother's originally from Saint Boniface. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep, my uh, yeah, and he asked what what kind of brought me out here, and it was uh, what you just alluded to the nothing changes there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, the analogy that you can watch your dog walk away yeah. for a week or so is that yes, yeah, me. indeed, indeed. Your Instagram profile says you're a connector who loves local agriculture, food, beer, and spirits. Talk about uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that, that comes really from the family. You know, growing up in a, a Ukrainian family out in rural Manitoba, uh, food was a big part of our diet, you know, and a, mm-hmm. a big part of our day, not only from consumption, but preparation as well. Growing up on a farm, we lived a, an agrarian life where we had pigs and chickens and cattle and, and everything. So it was a mixture of being brought up in the right environment that, that you know, whatever we grew, we ate, whatever we shot, we ate, whatever we we raised we ate mm-hmm. you know, and it was all parts of it not only you know so our kids we have four kids and you know they're no strangers to having a very open mindset to what we eat you know whether it's beef tongue or oxtail or you know every, every component of the animal we'd ingest so uh, being brought up you know in the country we'd have church every second week and every second week my grandparents would host probably about 20 to 25 people for lunch after church right so that became a, a really inherited trait within our family and you know with the four kids maria's family my wife uh, 31 years is in the same boat that you know living on a farm was a a, a, a venture and you just learned to eat everything you, i guess you had two choices you either ate what was on your plate or, or you went, <laughs> or you didn't <laughs> went to bed hungry yeah so your wife's from that area as well? Yeah. Uh, well, she's more from the north end of the Winnipeg, Winnipeg the Garden City area. Okay, yeah. And came from Fraserwood. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, connected uh, rurally as well. Right on. Excellent. So what? Uh, one of the other things I noticed, uh, you're a ambassador, a CAMBassador, I guess, yeah. for the CAMA. So talk about the CAMA. That's the Agriculture Marketing Association. Yeah, it's the Canadian Agricultural Marketing Association. So back in 2017, I was named Canadian Agri-Marketer of the Year, which is a huge honor and mm-hmm. voted on by the peers of what programs we were running in, across Canada over the last couple of years, specifically at ATV and what I was doing at ATV when I first started there. Yeah, And uh, it kind of evolved. And last year they approached me and I, I, I've said this before, I kind of did what Terry typically does when someone talks to me. I was, I was listening with one ear. <laughs> you know, and I, I heard, you know, we'd like you to be the CAM ambassador for Canada, you know, and, and kind of ran me through a bunch of details. And then we went to a ceremony up at Agritrade in Red Deer in the, in the late fall. And 
I thought there was many of us. Like I thought there was <laughs> multitudes of, of people who were going to represent Tama. I just went, holy moly! You know, first in Canada, I was, I'm the first Canadian to be a ambassador and really helping um, recruit and, and mentor young people in the agricultural marketing business. So people leaned into me and have for the last couple of months with this role that I've taken on of, you know, telling them uh, what I've done over the last couple of years and any questions they have on a mentoring basis or advice or connections. Like part of my role is, is certainly connecting people and, you know, I, I'm pretty open to doing that. Um, and that's just part of the role. But uh, it was really interesting when they proposed it to me because, uh, again, I was listening with one ear and not realizing I was the sole one. <laughs> yeah. not, not, an, not an ambassador, the, the ambassador. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's a huge honor to be considered a ambassador. Yes. I certainly try to leverage it because of what my role and my job allows me to do in my private life, you know, doing stuff like today. Traditionally, we would be out branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, cattle with Scott Schiffner and his family or the Lowe family down in, in Claire's home. Right. But, uh, you know, with social distancing in place, the, the family's kind of going at it themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going behind the shoots and, and doing stuff like branding and driving combines and swathers and stuff like that. These are the things that I do on a normal basis and it allows me to provide visibility through my social media handles of where I am in, in Alberta today and what I'm doing today. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And you with uh, with ATB, which uh, this podcast is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, which yeah. is powered by ATB. So, you know, yes, thank, th- you. thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> your, your role there. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I've been there for nine years and nine years ago, I was, we were kind of mutually recruited over there because my um, previous CEO at AdFarm, Nolan Burke, uh, had started with ATB and he said there was an opening for an agricultural marketer, which mm-hmm. I fit the bill and he connected me and everything kind of fell into place really nicely about nine years ago and about four and a half years ago about three years ago uh, I got an opportunity to now take over the portfolio of community initiatives which looks after all the partnerships in in Alberta with you know such properties as the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers okay the Red Deer Rebels and Folk Fest and you know so it, it is a a great job yeah i can imagine everybody's everybody's <laughs> envious of me my kids are envious yeah uh, it still allows me to be connected to sports and and food and beverages and the farm so it, it's a holistic approach mm-hmm. to everything we do from a partnership at ATP. that's awesome yeah it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so let's you you kind of mentioned uh, your social media handles and some of those initiatives uh seat at our table, meet, meet in the middle. I don't know if those are yours specifically or just things you're involved with. So, uh, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, I want to go back at probably about five or six years ago. Uh, part of, uh, I was still with the agriculture team and, and looking after the marketing. And what we talked about was kind of do a round end around with, the, the the food story. You know, everybody understands food comes from a farm and, and that, but I don't think they knew and understood the farmers who produced it. Mm-hmm. And so we created a, a concept. Well, wait, I'll go back six years ago. But six years ago, we created something before the boom of the small craft uh, beer right. uh, infusion that we see in the province. And we created a program called the Science of the Six Pack. Okay. And I think it goes. I think it goes back six or seven years. And that's really where I met Graham Sherman. Right. But. Um, we, uh, we, we heard stories 
that Alberta was had the best malt barley in the world. And we had big breweries like Lagunitas and uh, Castle Lager out of South Africa and Fat Tire and New Belgium buying our product here. But no one really knew about that. Mm-hmm. So we created this program called the Science of the Six Pack, which was a tasting of six beers made globally with Alberta malt barley. And we actually brought in the guys, Tony from Lagunitas and people from Fat Tire, mm-hmm. and we brought them up to Red Deer at the end of end of October, the beginning of November for Agritrade. And we, we would get about 300 farmers in the room. And the story was really about pride, mm-hmm. you know, of, of pride of, of place for us. You know, so all these international breweries. And I think that first year we had 300 farmers in, and we had one entry from Alberta, and that was Big Rock. Yeah. And Paul Gottrell came and talked about it. And we had people like Bob Sutton at Bar Malty talk about why people choose Alberta malt barley. And that really set us on a precedent of storytelling, mm-hmm. going into the, the traditions of, of telling stories about pride of place. And then about five years ago, we started a program called Seat at Our Table, right. which we teamed up with Travel Alberta, AMA, and ACTA, which is the Alberta Culinary Tourism Alliance. Okay. The purpose was to get the culinary people, because they're rock stars. I mean, they've got their own TV stations. In fact, they've probably got two stations yeah. <laughs> Maybe more. I only subscribe to two. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting the, the chefs talking about their connections to the farmers and the reasons why. Because what we found through, through uh, our insights and our, our information of, with consumers is they really like the farmer. So they like John Kowalczyk, the farmer, but they don't like the farm mm. because of what they think as you know chemicals and raising cattle and injections and hormones and all those things. But they really don't understand they're getting their information from social media. So by starting a program like a seat at our table, we, we brought together 100 people, and they all came as singles. No one came as a pair, and each course, we would change them up. Okay. The opportunity was to meet new people, hear from the chefs, and connect them to the farmers to the why, mm-hmm. what they produce. So whether it was beef or chicken or pork or stuff like asparagus, you know, we had the farmers connected to the, and these were legitimate relationships that existed. So we weren't creating anything or fabricating anything. Right. We were to make, taking unique stories that needed to be told and bringing people together who we felt were influencers in the province and allowing them to spread their story. Right. Since then, we've done five or six of them. We've done one at the mustard seed here in, in Calgary where we fed about 300 people who were just in a position of needing a helping hand at the time mm-hmm. uh, we've had people like Scott Schiffner who's a professional bull rider from Strathmore okay. uh, donate a, a whole carcass and we fed those people at the mustard seed wow. and uh, and then about two years ago we started a program just an offshoot of a seat at our table called Meat in the Middle mm-hmm. and what we did with Meat in the Middle is it was Canada's 150th birthday right. we brought 150 millennials together mm-hmm. 75 were from the farm and 75 were from the city. Okay. And we bust them to Olds, and we got them sitting beside a farmer. So we strategically put a consumer by a farmer uh, to allow them to ask questions and kind of break down the fallacies that they may have had as preconceptions. So we bust them from Edmonton, we bust them from Grand Prairie, and we bust them from Calgary, all to Olds to meet <laughs> in the middle of the province. Right. And to have what we considered a balanced conversation. Neat. So... So you could hear my side or my thoughts about food and where it comes from, mm-hmm. and conversely, you could hear from me. And again, every every meal 
within there, we, we kind of moved them around. So they got visibility and opportunities to talk to everybody. And then we kind of broke down some ana, uh, anecdotal information. And it really came from a conversation, uh, Wade McAllister, who runs Antler uh, Valley Farm in Penhold, him and I were talking just before this. And he said he got a call from Budweiser. Mm-hmm. And Budweiser wanted to buy a bushel of barley. But they didn't know how big of a truck to send for a bushel of barley. <laughs> and, you know, it became a running joke from a farming perspective. Yeah. A bushel of barley is about the size of a bale of hay. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the person who phoned didn't realize it. And I said, well, why didn't you tell her to send like a, a blank check and a B train, you know, to pick up the barley? But it led us to believe that people didn't have a con- uh, conception, especially from a price and the things and how, how the, the money works, mm-hmm. how big of a bushel of barley is, how much it costs for a farmer, what does it look like, and what does it make? Right. So we broke it down and we recreated a scenario that showed the, the cost of that input, what he gets for it, what he sells it to the maltsters for, what the maltsters sell it to the brewery for, and what the brewery makes out of it. And what they and we did this pyramidal thing with Village Brewery of how many six packs you could make from a bushel of barley right okay the equation of a craft beer versus a domestic beer versus you know so they get an understanding of how many beers come out of that bushel of barley and again it opened up their eyes to a lot of people of what a bushel of barley looks like from a size and what it equates to when it manufactures into beer mm-hmm. what he can relate yeah it really became an educational event for us we asked each um, participant about 10 questions before they came in and then asked those same questions as they left right so we get a you know did we move the needle you know and really that was a, the objective is to, to knock down as many perceptions as we could about it because we've run this now for three years so every year we learn from it every year we bring somebody new to the table so no one there's no repeat people at the table as we do these things around right. You know, and we've got a great farmer from Troshu, John Kowalczyk. John was a little disappointed he didn't get invited to the second year, and I saw him and on the day that we were running it the second year, and he says, you know the best thing that came out of this thing, Terry? And I said, what's that, John? And he said, that night that you introduced me to those people, I had about 50 brand new followers yeah. and about 25 engaged in conversation with me about the farm and what it means, and then another 10 actually came out to the farm. Perfect. And, and, and to me, that has success for it. That's yeah. the type of thing that you want, is to get people out asking questions rather than forming opinions. Mm-hmm. When you come out, and John says, it's really interesting, half of them come out for harvest just to see well, how big the equipment is and what they do, and then the other half just come out to shoot guns and shoot yeah. gophers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, activities like that, like sure. ride dirt bikes. Yep. But, you know, it's getting them out and, and increasing our networks. Yep. No, and I... Uh, so that's kind of something we've worked with her. I've got two teenage daughters and, you know, city kids, and we've tried to teach them and get them out to farms. Uh, Alberta Open Farm Days is a great uh, a great tool for that and yeah. uh, show them where the where their food comes from, right? And Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I mentioned earlier that, we, you know, this weekend we'd be out traditionally branding with mm-hmm. people, and, you know, with Scott's family and, and uh, Brandy's family, they do a tradition where it's rope and drag and, Right. Two people jump on it, and one inoculates it, and one, if necessary, castrates it. Right. You know, and 
I, my my two boys out of the four are bigger kids, mm-hmm. you know, and when they see these young farm girls of 100 pounds thrown down a calf <laughs> and they're struggling with it, you know, it puts things in perspective. And yeah. um, our house is kind of a destination for a lot of pro athletes when they move from city to city. And okay. A few professional ball players that played in the CFL, big linemen, friends of mine who uh, who have played with the Bombers and moved into Calgary. And, you know, one of the first things that we do is we take them out for branding. Right. And, and you know, it's funny to see a guy six foot six or six foot seven, 300 pounds struggling with a calf. Meanwhile, yeah. this 100 pound farm girl who's done it all her life yeah. are, are making them look shameless. Yeah. <laughs> so, she, she knows the technique, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and then, you know, after branding, we, we kind of sit around, have a few drinks, and uh, eat the prairie oysters. And, yes. You know, and everybody has a, kind of a role and responsibility when you come. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of a pecking order. You can't ride the horse and rope until you reach a certain age and a sure. certain status. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, it's very traditional. It's very cool, but it's it's grounding for a lot of the kids that I bring out there. And every year, typically, we bring somebody new to the branding session. Awesome. No, that's uh, that's great. Going to take just a real quick pause for a uh, short word from an Alberta Podcast Network sponsor. And when we come back, I want to talk with Terry about some of the things he's been doing uh, in the community during the uh, COVID-19 situation. So we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Park Power is a small local business, and like many of you, it has been closely monitoring the news on COVID-19 and the world's rapidly changing circumstances. While many of their team are currently working remotely, the way Park Power does business has not changed, and their commitment to exceptional customer service will remain. Find out more about Park Power's response to the COVID-19 outbreak at parkpower.ca. All right, we are back. Uh, Terry Andrio, ATB's Director of Community Initiatives. And uh, looking at your social media, Terry, you've been uh, pretty busy during this whole COVID-19 situation uh, out in the community doing some things. So talk about some of that. Yeah, I don't think it slows down ever. You know, COVID, we did have to pause a a bit, but Mm -hmm. certainly we're seeing a a little bit of a recovery and still being cautious about uh, social distancing and, and keeping our distance with people. You know, because I'm a little bit more open. I'm a, I'm a big hugger. Mm-hmm. I miss the fact that I can't hug. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I went out to Cremona a couple of weeks ago, and I was I didn't realize I was gone for five hours. And my wife says, "You're gone for five hours. You got to tell me that you didn't hug anybody, you didn't high five anybody." <laughs> you know, and I went, "No, actually, I didn't." didn't yeah. But uh, you know, still doing the farm visits and and being out there meeting people and staying our distance. Mm-hmm. Last week we were up in Penhold and we did a uh, feed the truckers day, right? Where we fed over a hundred truckers, and again it's based on a local diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some uh, business connections in Red Deer that run some food trucks that all prescribe to the local scene, and, and we brought one from Calgary. So last Thursday we were up in Penhold and, like I said, fed over a hundred truck drivers because we felt it was important um, to recognize them. They they've been working and. Certainly, it was interesting to hear some of the stories that went on. As you know, and, and we don't face these if you, unless you're in that scenario. But you can't go through the drive-through of the highway truck. No, no. <laughs> and, and places like Tim Hortons weren't allowing truck drivers to walk up to the yeah. window and, and get coffee, so they were a little bit hardened by situations like that. So they were incredibly appreciative of what we were doing uh, for them and to recognize them because uh, 
nobody else was really paying attention to them. But some of the stories that we, we managed to hear from some of the drivers of where they've been, what they're hauling, and mm-hmm. you know who they encounter is really kind of a cool thing. And of course, a lot of it comes back to food and yes. you know, eating and, and, and trying to try wherever you are uh, the local diet, and mm-hmm. the freshness of food. So been doing that. We've been going out and doing some farm visits. Last week, I, I hit up three farms. Tony Tony uh, Marshall from Highwood Crossings down in, in Alderside. I went to his farm and just dropped off some village beer, a new offering of village beer, and head out a little bit more south to Blackie and hit the Sewell family and came back and, and hit some people up in Indus uh, who are all doing their inputs. And, you know, we don't want to, when we go to a farm, we don't want to slow them down and yeah. stop what they're doing, especially if they're up against Mother Nature and yeah. the weather. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times the visits are short, but they're really appreciated because we'll bring by, you know, water and pop. You know, usually we'll, we'll pick up some grizzly pop, root beer, or, or, or something local yeah. that the kids maybe see as a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our annex does a great root beer, so we bring that. And then we'll bring some local brewery beer and, and drop that off as well but it's kind of like one of those scenarios you know they're going hot and heavy mm-hmm. and they, they got to stick with the weather so you drop it off you say hi you you know get a couple of photos and yeah and and then you're on your way so we've been doing quite a bit of that uh went out to cody snyder who's mm-hmm. a professional yeah. rider dropped off some with him and stacy and uh, so we've just been kind of pecking away at the rural communities yeah you know it's a little bit easier for for people who live in an ur- urban environment to connect. Uh, so we're making sure that we're cognizant of you know the mental health space and what people are going through at this time of the year. Um, we have a tendency of doing it in the fall where we kind of return barley to the field. Right. You know. So we'll we'll do it a couple times a year, and it's not about promoting alcohol or it, it's about building relationships. Mm. What we call a ground game is right. being visible on the ground out in rural Alberta, so people know who we are and see that we're out there and, and having strong conversations and good conversations with people, supporting local companies uh, and understanding what they're going through, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, still harvesting. I was in Carmona, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, there was farmers out there still taking the harvest off in 2019, wow. you know, and you can't put in nothing new until you get what's out in the field off the field. Mm-hmm. So kind of a, a snapshot of what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Traditionally, we'd be in high mode right now with rodeo season on on its way and chuck wagons running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little bit of a damper on the parade. But um, yep. most of the things that we're dealing with right now compared to the small business owners, first world problems. Kind of bring it back to a bit of the barbecue uh, theme here. Any kind of thoughts on the local uh, food barbecue scene here in Calgary? Yeah, it's kind of like the beer scene. It's tough to pick a winner, yeah. right? You know, and everybody asks me, you know, when I'm when I'm a guest on their show, is like, "What's your favorite beer?" And I'm going, yeah. I really don't have a single beer, yeah. because I think you know that's what the craft does for you. Is you know, you try one, and all of a sudden, someone puts a new entry into the market. You go, "Oh, I like this one too." Yeah, you know, uh, I I think the same thing that goes on with barbecue. I'm really good friends with the people at Patties, yeah, Aiden Block, Comrie Block, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Jane Bond, yeah, you know, so I've kind of gone around and tried every one of them, you know, and do I have a favorite? I've probably got a specialty uh, offering at each one that I really like. I got you. Yep. Mortgage together and say, I'll take the hot chicken from Pomery Block and I'll take the ribs from Patty's and I'll take the brisket from, yeah. you know, Big Sky and, and, and 
kind of mash them all together and make the perfect meal. So yeah. I don't have one specific, but I love the fact of where we're going. Yeah. I really wish we could create a, an Alberta exclusive taste and flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I worked in North Carolina for years. Right. Okay. So I worked in High Point in Winston-Salem and I got exposed to that. And the same thing, I, I would probably never go back to the same restaurant just because there was so many to try, right. you know, and, and how they eat it, mm-hmm. you know, going and having a pulled pork sandwich with coleslaw thrown on top was really new to me 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I really like what I'm seeing uh, for, but I really hope that we can get to a point where we have our own unique flavor in barbecue. I, I, I agree. Yeah. The, Alberta right now, it's uh, yeah. different restaurants doing mixes of different uh, influences out of the South, right? So, Yeah. Yeah. We're influenced by everybody else's barbecue and we're trying to create, but I, I think mm-hmm. what we should do is create our own flavor of, you know, using something that's terroir and yep. indigenous to Alberta, whether it's, you know, um, botanicals that you can find on a, on a tree or, or wood or, yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. I think we've got to create our own unique barbecue flavor. Yeah, and I think as it, as it grows, I think you'll, uh, hopefully we'll see that, right? Uh, exactly. It's still, uh, the culture here is still, still young compared to where you know, North Carolina, as you mentioned, or you go into Texas, right? It's, uh, that's a, it's a, it's a new culture here. Yeah, it is, but it, it's, it's going in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I've said it a bunch of times, uh, you know, the base products we have here for barbecue, the beef, the chicken, the pork, uh, we've got it as good, uh, as good here as anyone else. So, well, you, you know, when you knock it down, you know, we, we're the world's hotbed for beef and barley. Mm-hmm. We should be really promoting the heck out of those. And, and it's not saying that we're not, proud of what we do with the pork of the, uh, the poultry yeah but certainly beef you know this is the institution for, for beef yeah right? absolutely uh before we wrap up terry anything uh you'd like to plug or promote other uh, you know you mentioned a few of your initiatives there but anything else you want to throw out there yeah you know there's one thing that we we did last year and we uh we kind of put a super group together and uh we competed at the cowboys uh, mm. barbecue at during stampede and right graham sherman was on our team okay yeah David Farron from Eau Claire Distilleries, yeah. Andy Zilma from Travel Alberta, and you know the, the people from uh, 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 strikes from the the, uh, the pork producers we had, and we had Brandy Schiffner on our team. So we had a super group of about twelve people. Right. And we created a barbecue flavor of our own at the Cowboys uh, event, and uh, we we thought we knocked it out of the park, and I think we did knock it out of the park. But we we took. Uh, wood from some of the barrels that Eau Claire was using mm. for their whiskey and yep. created it and used some gin. So uh, I'd really love to see people start to experiment with barbecue and, and the, you know, the things that go with it and create a unique flavor that exists in Alberta that we could call our own. So yeah. that's what I really like to do. Um, with the cancellation of Stampede this year, obviously we're not competing in the Cowboys mm. cook-off, but next year we'll be back as that super group. Uh, we call ourselves the Quattro, so it's the the butcher, the the brewer, the bootlegger, and the bankers. Oh, beautiful! Together, nice. And uh, you know, we're trying to create that unique flavor that exists. And uh, we were fortunate; we had Guy Fieri mm-hmm. spend a, quite a bit of time at our at our tent and, and tasting our food and stuff like that. And he thought it was uh, he thought it was a winner. Yeah. He didn't end up winning, but you know, next year we'll go back and, and try it. You you know how diligent Graham Sherman is. Yes. With his with his barbecue, that yeah. He's, we're not going to settle for it <laughs> since we <laughs> no. moved forward with it. So, so I'd, I'd really love 
you know, my closing thoughts are I'd love for us as Albertans to create a unique flavor that is is pure and, and, and exists here, whether it's juniper or whether it's our whiskey mm. or things that we create. But uh, experiment with that. I know we've got some wicked barbecue sauce, like Bow Valley barbecue yeah. sauce out of Cochrane, yeah. or I think Canmore. Canmore, yeah. You know, the cattle boys out of Okotoks. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of unique things that are happening around. Uh, push the local. Yeah. Really push the local and, and use local ingredients. Uh, experiment with different cuts. I know I was in Kansas City a while ago, and uh, I tried uh, pig's wings. Okay. And I've never had them outside of out of Kansas City. It's really the shank of the, of the hog. Okay. It gets pared down, so it looks like a drumstick. Ah, okay, and, yeah. Uh, when we were prepping for cowboys, we, we cut some up. Chris Fazoli from Baron Flower brought some in. Chris, yeah. And we smoked them, and they were fantastic. Nice. Uh, but again, that's unique to Kansas, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, the, and the flavors and everything that exists in, in Texas and Dubai and, you know, the Carolinas are really saucy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, what what is Alberta? Yeah. What is Alberta? And that's really what I'd love. So mm-hmm. besides the protein products that we grow here, I'd really love us to create some kind of local flavor that's indigenous and uh, and unique to Albertans that we can talk about. Right. Oh, it's a great. I love that. Uh, love that thought. So my uh, the last question I ask everybody on the show, Terry, it's it's dinner time. You're uh, you're, you're firing up the grill. What's uh, what's your go to? Probably the biggest thing. Uh, we're lucky we have a fire pit in our backyard, so we've got a smoker, we've got a barbecue, and we've got a fire pit in the backyard. And I love cooking over an open fire, mm-hmm. and uh, we use a lot of wood briquettes. And my go to right now is we do a flank steak or a skirt steak or yeah. a hanger steak. You know, and uh, we do it on the open fire with just a little bit of salt and pepper and usually asparagus. So everything that we cook is on the open fire. And then my wife will make some chimichurri sauce. Yeah. And that is our go-to right now. Every time we have it, it's kind of like the kids' mouths are watering. Is whether we put it in tacos or just eat it straight like that. But, yeah. uh, that flank steak is fabulous when it's done over an open fire. And we had some friends in from Sweden. Uh, last September, and we did the same thing for them, and they just loved it. Yeah, and, you know, it's a bonus piece, but it, it's probably one of those pieces that's not too fatty. Yeah, uh, underrated, but if done right, it's fantastic. So our go-to is that flank steak. Nice, awesome. That sounds pretty delicious, man. Okay, so I got to ask you. Yes, sir. What is your go-to? You asked me, right? Oh, what's your go-to? It's dinner time. You're firing up the. Yeah, if I've if I've got the time, I'd I love to do a brisket. That's a that's a you know an overnight uh, all day kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, if I don't have that kind of time, probably some ribs. Yeah. For pork. In pork generally. Yeah. Beef ribs are good too though. That's uh, can't go wrong with either. Yeah, we were just debating for supper tomorrow night, driving our kids back over, and, and yeah. Maria said to me, "What are we cooking?" I says, "We haven't had beef ribs for a while, but we like them low and slow for." You know, do them in the oven for mm-hmm. about six hours or seven hours, and yeah. it just falls off the bone. So that would probably be my second too. But finding them at a, a good butcher is hard to find. Yep. And uh, you know, they're not an inexpensive purchase. They are not. No, nope, they are not. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's great, Terry. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking a bit of time out of your Saturday to sit down with me. And uh, no problem. Look forward to uh, look forward to once everything's uh, somewhat back to normal. Maybe sitting down. Uh, Face to face with some barbecue and some uh, good local beer in front of us and right. having a chat. Happens. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Right on. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. 
That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. They sure help increase the show's visibility. Thank you again to Terry Andrio for joining me, and be sure to follow his social media links in the show notes. I've been thinking a lot about his comments about developing Alberta's distinct barbecue style. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop me a line and let me know what local ingredients might go into making up true Alberta barbecue. You can find me on Twitter at EatMoreBarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore More underscore Barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is EatMoreBarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Till next time, folks. Keep on smoking, take care of one another, stay safe, and stay home. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca. Thank you.